Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our fathers, our biological fathers. Lord, I thank you for mine. And just providing me support and stability and consistency for my childhood, Lord. I thank you for him, Peter, Flag, Cole. I also thank you, Lord, for you, our Heavenly Father. We being born of God, you've put our hearts on pilgrimage and set their hearts towards you. We want to be like our daddy. And to the extent there's part of us that don't, doesn't want to, Lord, burn that away, refine us, we ask. I know you're good on those prayers, so we ask that with fear and trembling. But we, we really do want to people, be a people whose hearts are united, seeking after you, Lord. I just pray for that. And Lord, we pray that you would help us through the book of Revelation this evening. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Sean, let's start with the weekly um, timeline. The book of Revelation is about, in the middle there, in the center, seven years of tribulation, the book of Revelation is really about that period of time, although chapters two and three are about what was going on in the church at the time of the writing of the book. I hear a little feedback. Should I try to back up? You think I'm okay? Okay. I will test you on that matter. I'll continue to talk. And from the chapters 4 to about chapters 20, it's, it's really describing that period, although chapter 4 is a description of heaven itself, but all kinds of unique activity in heaven during the tribulation period. We'll see some of that. Uh, this evening, the reaction, the response of heaven to things going on in the earth is all the, uh, oftentimes very different than the response uh, on planet earth to things going on on earth. But chapters 4, 5 through uh, chapters 18 through 20, there are a series of judgments. Actually, we've already gotten to the end of them starts with the seven seals of judgments, each seal that is uh, taken off of the scroll. Jesus is the only one in heaven and earth who is worthy to open the scroll. scroll. Um, Each seal that is open, with the exception of maybe one or two, that a judgment, uh, judgments were, uh, were delivered, were meted out on the earth. They were judgments of warning. Uh, Same thing with um, uh, the next set of judgments, the trumpet judgments. Even they were judgments of warning. They, They were punitive in nature, it's true. They represented God's wrath. But part of the reason for them was that people, even in the tribulation age, would 
repent. Now, by the time the tribulation happens, the church has been raptured out, we believe. Church is never mentioned in these chapters. After being prominently uh, mentioned in chapters 2 and 3, you don't hear about them uh, again. And that's because Jesus, um, at least during um, chapters 4, 5 through uh, 18, 19, and 20, you don't hear about the church it's because the Bible says the church is not appointed for, for tr- this tribulation period. But um, there are warning judgments in the two first set of seven judgments, the, the seals and the trumpet. Then, but then the last set of judgment, the, the bowl judgments, that's it. The judgment is complete. Uh, this first set of judgment, you'd see things like a third of the waters being destroyed, a third of uh, the rivers being uh, uh, spoiled, this type of thing. But in the final set of judgments, it's, it's, there's no room for repentance anymore. The Bible does say that there is a time when the room for repentance is over, uh, not only in an individual's life where they're sort of given over to their sin, but even uh, in eschatology, the history of uh, of the world uh, and the final uh, you know, the, the, the latter days as the Bible calls them uh, the Bible says in the book of Genesis that he will uh, God will not strive with man forever and so the seven bold judgments now as I've mentioned a few times in between those series of seven judgments there are what's called parenthetical chapters which are really not chronological in nature. They're called parenthetical chapters. We don't know exactly when they happen, but they're just different things going on during the tribulation period, sometimes in heaven. But the Holy Spirit chose not to give them uh, a specific time period. The chapters 17 and 18 are such chapters. We do not know exactly when they happen. But chapter 17, which we went over a couple weeks ago, has to do with what is called religious Babylon. It's a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And that woman represented represents not a person, but a religious system. It's called religious Babylon. And the Bible does teach that in this tribulation period, starting in that seven-year period, and really starting before, there will rise up a false religious system, but it will become incredibly powerful during the tribulation period, particularly the first three and a half years where Um, a religious system, a one-world religious system will rise up, and the political leaders, in particular the Antichrist, who's going to rise up and uh, really seal his power at the beginning of this seven-year period, is going to use this religious system in order to garner his power. We see politicians have done that for millennia, for all of human history. Uh, politicians using the church for their own uh, own game. But we, as we saw in chapter 17, at the time that they consolidate their power, they turn on the religious system and they destroy it. 
So you see the, the rise and the fall of this religious Babylon. Babylon, the word Babylon in the Bible is used generally for some kind of uh, a, a, a world system that is opposed to God, the people of God, and the things of God. And so uh, it's it, it, in these two chapters, the word is used not to represent a person, but a system. Now, chapter 18 um, that we're in this evening is about commercial Babylon. Commercial Babylon. The system of commerce that uh, is going to rise up like it's never risen up before again in the first uh, three and a half year period of uh, the seven year tribulation period. Uh, We've uh, seen sort of birth pangs of both of these systems already, obviously prior to this period. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that um, the... Um, the Pope had called together nation, uh, you know, religious leaders from all over the world, and he gathered in St. Francis Cathedral somewhere in northern Italy, and they all prayed together, including animists, including Buddhists, including Unitarians, all of them. Um, now, as we discussed a, a, a couple weeks ago, there are Christians in the Roman Catholic uh, faith, but what is uh, appears to going to happen after the rapture, this worldwide infrastructure left in place um, by the Roman Catholic Church after Christians in that system have been raptured out. There's, this infrastructure is going to be left in place, giving way um, to this system just to take advantage of the infrastructure um, to, uh, you know, to, to really take over and, and create a sort of a one-world religious environment. Uh, not picking on, on the Pope because we've seen the same thing in Protestant circles, bringing in um, leaders who really have uh, of, of different religions who don't believe in Jesus as, as, as Messiah and the Lord, who don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and bringing them all on the same roof and then pretending to all agree in prayer. You know, I'm all for peace, but it, when it comes to truth, and truth, we need to be careful who we're agreeing with in prayer. And so we've seen, as Jesus calls them, birth pangs of these things that are going to happen immediately, that are going to happen in full force during the beginning of the tribulation period. So commercial Babylon, this system of commerce, of of of, of capitalism. Now, I'm not a socialist uh, up here, but but um, it's it's going to be that system which is going to just become more powerful than we've ever seen before. The Bible says during the beginning of the tribulation period, chapter 18, verse one says, "And these things, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth." was illuminated with his glory. That means if, um, if, if a, you know, 
hopefully none of you are going to be there during this time period, but a person who is there, they're going to be walking around or whatever, and it's like, whoa, what is that? There's going to be a great, great illumination on planet Earth. And he, uh, verse 2, he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And so, again, uh, this is speaking of a commercial system on planet Earth. It's going to come down, it's going to be taken down in a single day. But here you get the perspective of heaven, and heaven rejoices when this commercial Babylon is going to fall. Babylon the Great is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons. The commercial system that is in place, even today on planet Earth, it fights against God for the minds, the, whole, the soul, the heart, and the strength of people. God wants to take people and he wants to take his people, but generally even planet Earth, where commercial Babylon, uh, and, and where he wants to take people and where commercial Babylon wants to take people are the completely opposite places. Now, this is not a condemnation of making a good living. It's not a condemnation of prospering. The Bible teaches that obeying God as a general rule will lead to prosperity. In the book of Deuteronomy, it's very clear that if you obey the Lord, and how we have seen this over the years. People who have just simply obeyed the word of God in their life, whose lives are a wreck, all of a sudden, about every six months, you see changes in their life where all of a sudden they're prospering. And this man or woman who couldn't for the life of them hold a job, all of a sudden they're in a job a solid one, people are, their families are looking at them going, what happened to this person? What happened to this man, this woman? Is God prospering them? The Bible teaches that God will prosper a man or woman who simply obeys the word of God, the simple obedience to the word of God, the Bible says. Never promises that you will be wealthy, but it does promise that God will meet your needs. However, the Bible has a lot to say about selfishly amassing money, material goods to yourself. And, you know, we can't get enough of Jesus' simple teaching on this issue. And please, when I start reading this, don't, don't turn me off. 
just because you've heard this so many times before, let it do a work in your soul. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Just let that verse, it comes from your Savior, your Lord. Let that verse right now just do a work in your heart. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Just open up your heart. Let, let that word have its way in your heart. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is your attitude towards wealth? What is it? I speak that to my own heart as well. Money, wealth is to be directed to God and by and, and the direction that of what you do with it is to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Commercial Babylon is a spirit. You can accomplish what life is intended to be by accumulating things and accumulating power, living for more and more and more and more. Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness because one's life does not consist of the things he possesses. Now, when Babylon falls, we'll see nothing's going to be left but what we see in verse 2, at the end of verse 2, nothing's going to be left by, except for every foul spirit, every cage for every unclean and hated bird. <laughs> Birds representing a uh, demonic realm, not always, but sometimes uh, in the Bible. Just skip down to verse 23. It says, uh, it says there, at the latter part of verse 23, the second part of it, it says, for your merchants were the great men of the earth, and for by your sorcery, speaking of commercial Babylon, all the nations were deceived, meaning that behind it all, there is a there is demonic activity. Again, in verse 3, when it's destroyed, there's, it says, rather verse 2, nothing's going to be left except demons who were doing their work. And you know, we think of the devil sometimes as this incredibly ugly guy or monster, or beast. He's called dragon in the book of Revelation, so there is some truth to it. But I tell you, I have been in rooms filled with billionaires. I have, because I spent a lot of time in the corporate world. And I have sensed the power of the devil as strongly as I had ever sensed before. Darkness. There's darkness behind commercial Babylon. Now, Daniel, aside from Jesus Christ, who is a more righteous guy in the Bible than Daniel? He worked for Babylon. There's not, it's not sin to work 
in corporate America. It's not sin. You just have, you can't be sucked into it. More on that in a little bit. And that's what's important. So, um, commercial Babylon. Deceiving people into thinking they need to live for things. Not because they, they care about people. Not because they care about people. They actually see people just as a commodity to be done away with, you know. Again, I'm not a socialist, but, you know, a corporate board in corporate America just wiping out 20,000 jobs, they're just a number. They're not caring about individual lives, not all the time, but so many times. And it's, and the Bible calls it, actually, the merchants have been deceived by sorcery. Sorcery of whom? Demons. So verse 2, Babylon, here it says mighty, and he cried mightily, this, this angel, saying Babylon the great is fallen. Now it is a system that's going to be controlling the earth. Uh, it is believed that there is a city on planet earth where is sort of the, the center of the whole commercial system. Now there have been some people, if you go into commentators, who think that there's going to be a city rebuilt, rebuilt in Babylon. And actually, if you, if you work hard enough on the, on the Internet, you'll find that there have been rumblings about rebuilding a center of commercial Babylon right in the same place where Babylon used to be, which is Iraq. I'm a little doubtful there. Among other reasons, in this same chapter, it, it appears to be a port city. Of course, it would never be New York because we love New York way too much to ever think such a thing about New York City. But it does appear to be a port city somewhere on planet Earth. So many of the you know, financial centers of the world, Hong Kong, London, New York, really are port cities. London's sort of uh, near the sea. But um, uh, it, it says in verse 3 here, it says, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. I don't know if you remember Pastor Serge about one year ago, almost exactly, actually. Um, today is Sam and Emberly's anniversary, praise the Lord, but I remember the day after Pastor Serge from Haiti was here. He actually uh, spoke on this very thing, I guess so, exactly a year ago. He was speaking on this exact same chapter, uh, but um, he spoke about this. The nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And so the idea is of a king committed, committing fornication with commercial Babylon is they are really setting aside their, what I would call, sorry about this, but a fiduciary responsibility to their people, their, their role as um, guardians of the people, and they're setting it all aside and compromising that in order to give in to commercial interests um, for their own gain, but also for their own power of, as well. Com and, and so these, um, these merchants of the world um, are, are going to be more powerful 
than entire nations. That's why it says the, even kings are going to commit uh, uh, fornication with her. Now, it's interesting that there are companies right now, actually many of them, that are so mind-bogglingly enormous that they're bigger than the, uh, uh, the, the GDP of an entire uh, nation. GDP, the monetary value of all finished goods and services produced within a country's borders in a specific time period. I know you guys all know what the definition of GDP is, but Walmart's revenue, $421 billion is larger than the GDP of the entire country of Norway. ExxonMobil, $354 billion, greater than the entire GDP of Thailand, which is 318. Chevron, $196 billion, greater than the, higher, uh, the, the, the entire GDP of Czechoslovakia. ConocoPhillips, more than Pakistan. Fannie Mae, we got all our loans from them, from her. Greater than Peru, General Electric, greater than New Zealand. So merchants, really powerful, and amazingly, it's going to even be greater during this time period. And uh, I tell you, I know that there has been, of course, a long history, if you look throughout history, of merchants being powerful, but really what you see today, from what I understand, is unprecedented. The number of different, the number of different um, merchants around the world. Now, uh, there have been, there have been uh, incredibly powerful merchants throughout history. Um, but um, what we're seeing today, I believe, as someone who's sort of a history bug myself, is is unprecedented. Now, verse 4, let this speak to your own heart. Even though you won't be there, I certainly hope so, God willing, during the tribulation, it says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. Lest you share in her sins, unless you receive her plagues. And so this is one of those statements in the book of Revelation that is, it's outside of space and time. It's outside of chronology. It's really spoken before the judgment. And it kind of reminds me of Matthew 24 where you know, Jesus says, look, when the abomination of desolation is set up in, in, in the temple, you better get out of town because judgment is coming. Now, this is not a call for Christians or people of God to, to quit their jobs uh, today, but it is given sometime prior to judgment. And in fact, Babylon, the city, whatever that city is, is going to be brought down in one day, and it's going to say, hey, look, your time is up. You better get out. For her sins have reached to heaven, verse 5. God has remembered her iniquities, rendered to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup for which she has mixed, mix double for you. So the cup, a symbol of God's wrath, it, it says in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxur- luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen 
and am no widow, and I will not see sorrow. So just as we saw even with religious Babylon, we saw religious Babylon, chapter 7, verse 4, the woman uh, representing religious Babylon, arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with the gold and precious stones. There's amazing wealth amassed, even in religious systems, and certainly during the tribulation period as well. Same thing is going to be the case. It's crazy. It's truly crazy. It says, uh, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, verse 7, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. You know, really crazy, the level of I was reading an article about um, what's called ultra-luxury on planet Earth. And there's just a few hotels in Paris. The Shangri-La, a suite there goes for 26 grand a night. The Royal Suite and Plaza Hotel, 26,000 as well. The presidential suite and the Raffles Royal Monceau is 26000 Same with the, the, the George V. But then watches. I don't know if you guys have looked at prices of watches recently. And I'm, I'm sorry for my French accent. It's not really good. And, but the, uh, a watch from Romain Gauthier. Any of you know who own one know how to pronounce that better? Anyone? Sorry. That was supposed to be a joke. Wow, that went kerplunk. But anyway, um, $176,000. The Richard Mills RM03 Tourbillon, $490,000. A little bit more expensive than that is the, the Audemars Pijou Grand Complicate. You have to have a French pronunciation. It's $710,000, and so on and so forth. There's no reason anyone should own a, a watch for that is three quarters of a million dollars. There's another one, by the way, here that goes for 1.6 million, another one for 2.4 million. There is no reason. It's pride. It says she lived, she glorified herself, and she said, I sit as a queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Reminds me of Pharaoh. Remember what Pharaoh said to Moses? He said, when Moses said, come, you got to let my people go, what did he say? Who is Jehovah that I should obey him? Every time I read that, I go, oh, man, oh, this poor guy. Oh, that's not what you want to ask God. That's not, when you, that's not when you, what you want to say to him. Psalm uh, 12, verses 3 and 4, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Well, all this is going to be brought down in one day. In one single day. Verse 8 says, therefore her plagues will come in one day. Death and mourning and famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. Verse 9, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her. Not all the people they crushed 
as a result of allowing uh, this commercial Babylon to be built up. But just because they can no longer live in uh, luxury, they will see sm- the smoke of her burning, verse 10, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the verse 11, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, verse 12, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and then what? The bodies and souls of men. You see, they just trampled down human beings on the way to the top of their throne where they sat on the throne as queen where they said, I sit as a queen and not a widow and will not see sorrow. Those are heavy, heavy things. It says in one day. Covetousness. Paul said, I was, it was the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. And Paul said he was, thought he was doing real great for the first nine until he came to the 10th. Coveting and not being content with what God has given you. Covetousness is insatiable. Proverbs says the eyes of man are never satisfied. The reason I'm such a firm believer in tithing is because God has given us this this principle of tithing and it's not about the 10%, it's the principle of first fruits that if we are not constantly giving the first fruits of our bounty, our hearts will grow hard and the Bible says that the more that we take in, the, m- the more unsatisfied that we'll be. We were made to worship God. And when we p- start pouring the world into the, that hole that was on- can only be uh, filled up by God, it's never going to be enough. It's never, ever going to be enough. And, and this is a wonderful thing here. It says in verse 4, it says, Come out of her, my people. Come out of her. It's a warning to the Lord. Nothing wrong with being a Daniel and working for working in this system today. There's nothing wrong with that. Daniel did. Most righteous person in the Bible, I think, apart from Jesus. However, there will come a time where God says, Okay, you gotta get out. You must come out. It says in verse fifteen. The merchants of these things who will become rich by her will stand at a distance for fear, for torment, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine purple and scarlet 
and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. In one hour, her riches came to nothing. And you know, it's it's um, the amount of suicides. Just here recently, with the Great Recession in 2007 and 8, 5,000 suicides in this country alone, a triple of that. And then in the, in the Great Depression in the 30s, just astronomical amount of suicides. And people just putting their entire value, their entire value, and the amount of money they have in, in, their, in their possessions. It says here in verse 17, for, one hour, for in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? So anyway, what is going on here? As I mentioned before, this is a parenthetical chapter. We don't know exactly where it is in the chronology of uh, this, the, the, seven, the series of seven judgments, um, the, there's three uh, judgments numbered in sevens, and we don't know exactly where this happens. If I had to take a, um, a guess, I would say that it, it's at the very end of Revelation chapter 16, where it says there were noises, this is the seventh bowl judgment, the seventh angel, verse 17, poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven saying, it is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake such as a mighty and great earthquake has not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. I would think it's, it, it might be that's the particular time. It's in one day. Now listen to heaven's reaction, very different reaction in heaven. There's weeping beyond measure on planet earth, but in heaven it says, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So uh, if you're if you've ever taken a big stone and, you know, hurled it into a, a lake or the ocean or something, you know, and just a, 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 there's a big splash, but within a couple minutes, it's, it's, it's still again. And it's going to be that quick. Heaven's reaction, verse 22, the sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeteers shall not be heard in you anymore. I think of some of the lavishness of, and I, I hate to pick on them, but, but in, in corporate America, at, at, at some of their get-togethers, all that is going to be silence. No craftsman of any crash shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore, for your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sor- sorcery all the nations were deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived in your workplace into thinking that material prosperity is what is going to give you peace and satisfaction because there's sorcery behind it. That's what we read here. 
And worse than that, verse 24, look at this. And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and all who were slain on the earth. Meaning, over the centuries, over the centuries, there were... um, and even to this day, and you know, right up through the tribulation, that, that there are men and women of God who have been silenced by this commercial Babylon, by the merchants, the world merchants. They've been they've been silenced. They've been, uh, in some cases, they they have been uh, they've been put to death. And so there's going to be judgment. And so when you know, when you see Wall Street or whatever and you think this is just so larger than life, surely there's no way this is ever going to come down. That's what this chapter is addressing. He says, don't think that's all bigger than God himself. It's interesting here, the words that um, the Holy Spirit uses like measure, verse 7, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously. And so... You know, when you read in the papers of some person, whatever, spending $760,000 on a watch and meanwhile having a layoff of 20,000 people shutting down factories, and I understand sometimes that needs to happen. It really does. But, uh, but then, you know, they're walking around with their $750,000 watch. Don't think God's not counting. He is counting. He's counting every single sin, including, Jesus says, every single idle word he's counting that, that comes out of our mouth. And either it's going to be put on, you know, it's going to be put on the blood of Jesus. Either by, by faith, we're going to put our trust in that. If not, we're going to have to account for the sins that have been counted against us. Or we're going to be perfect in Christ, perfect in Jesus. We're going to be found perfect in Jesus by by His by His blood that cleanses us from all sin. Just want to close out this evening uh, in prayer again on Sunday night. It's always a little difficult as we're going through Revelation to. Uh, to, 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 how to how to wrap things up. But man, this should be a warning to our hearts. The Bible says, and we read this this morning, everyone who has the hope in the return of Christ purifies himself just as he is pure. And I just want to begin with prayer tonight. Break up in prayer in just a minute, but um, to seek in the Lord in that way. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. And, you know, God calls us out of a life of covetousness, and He does that by His mercy. I just want to seek him this evening. Also, want to uh, pray this evening for our fathers, biological fathers. We'll be doing that. Also, want to lift up the situation in Charleston.